Welcome to In the Oil Patch, presented by Shale Oil and Gas Business Magazine and sponsored by Steer. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bilotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch. Welcome to this week's In the Oil Patch. My name is Alvin Bailey here with Kim. Kim, how are you doing this week? Fabulous. Hey, you know what? We've got an outstanding show on tap today. A great guest coming up starting in the next segment. But first, we've got a lot of information to cover with our resident energy expert and associate editor of Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine, David Blackman. David, welcome to the show. Hey, thanks for having me. Well, you know, David, every week we talk about all things oil and gas in uh, the Permian Basin, Eagle Ford, and actually, you know, worldwide. Um, this week is basically the same thing. A lot of movement and a lot of interesting things that are happening, especially in the way of the Trump administration, oil and gas, and, and uh, the future. So I want to get started real quick. We've had some movement in rig count. It's fallen um, a little bit. Last week, uh, we lost four. Yeah, we lost four rigs. So tell me a little bit about what do you think the U.S. producers, what, is this going to continue? Is it going to level off? And uh, how is that going to affect the the rest of the shell plays in the United States as well? Well, it's kind of a, a nationwide thing. You know, we, we've actually been pretty static in the rig count now since the 1st of July. And that's, you know, when the second half of the year budgets kicked in for all these producers. And uh, so I think this was really expected, and uh, you know it fell by four last week, but it had risen by six, I think, the week before. So, you know, it's just going up and down in the same range between 950 and 960 rigs nationally, and uh, it's good. I mean, we're at a pretty healthy drilling level right now. We're actually increasing overall U.S. production uh, with this number of rigs uh, because you know the productivity per well has risen so dramatically the last couple of years. And I just think this is kind of the level we're going to be at uh, until, you know, the first of 2018. And then we'll see what uh, kind of capital budgets uh, the producers come up with in January. Well, David, comparatively, where are we at right now this year compared to this time last year? Oh, gosh, we're we're double uh, where we were last year in terms of number of rigs. We, we had a dramatic increase in the number of, of active rigs beginning in July of last year. Uh, we were down in the low 400s nationally, and uh, as the you know the price had collapsed, if you remember back into the mid 20s, mid year last year, but then it started to rise as OPEC started to uh, talk about uh, entering into a limitation agreement on exports, which they eventually did in November. And uh, because of all that chatter, you know, uh, people started looking forward to a stronger oil price, and they did start firming up, and so. The number of rigs went up last year during the second half because of all that. So we're basically double where we were a year ago and, uh, you know, back to a pretty healthy uh, status for, for the industry, uh, much healthier than it has been the last two years. And, and you think we kind of stay where we're at through the rest of the year? Yeah, I think so. I, I It's hard to see any event that, that could cause a big shift either upwards or downwards uh, because these budgets are in place. There's, you know, these producers use are on a typically a six month budgeting process. And, uh, you know, once they're in there, it's, it's just kind of hard to see what is going to change that would really increase that rig count. 
Well, David, some good news. We finally have a quorum on the, the FERC, the Federal Energy Regulatory <laughs> Commission. Uh, yeah. And I mean, what that means, uh, the current backlog of interstate pipeline projects is now going to start moving forward. And Democrats in the Senate allowed two nominees to be approved last week. Let's talk about that. Yeah, uh, you know, they had held them up for quite a while. The, the president nominated the two who were approved uh, last Friday. Um, uh, the president had nominated them back in April, and, and of course, with all the politics going on uh, in the Senate, you know, the delaying of everything, uh, these two had been held up. There are two more nominees still sitting out there waiting to be confirmed, but it is a five-member commission, and uh, until until these two were confirmed, all we had was a chairman, but now we have a quorum. You know, Now we have three of the five, and they can start taking votes to approve this backlog of, of interstate pipelines. The FERC, for people who don't know, FERC is the federal regulatory body that, that approves and regulates interstate pipelines that cross state lines, uh, but they do not regulate intrastate pipelines that are you know, wholly in a single state. So it's a very important thing. And, and you know, we, we have to have this pipeline capacity to move the, the, the gas and oil to, to the refineries and processing plants. And so this is a really positive development for the economy. Interesting. I have a, I want to ask you a little bit about where we are right now and where we've been and where we're going. So, you know, a year and a half ago, it was just brutal when oil fell out from underneath us. Um, at the market, and then it kind of rebounded supposedly here this year. But now we know it's going to stay uh, at this pace. So do you see a lot of companies doing the same thing they did before, which is heading into bankruptcy and a lot of acquisition and mergers? Or does is, or is everybody prepared and uh, are doing well enough to where everybody will just maintain, you know, or and they'll have a little bit of growth? Yeah, I mean, there are still some companies that are in pretty distressed situations, and you know, they have too much debt. Um, I suspect we'll see a handful of additional bankruptcy filings before the end of this year. But I mean, think back to last year. Oh, it was terrible. Uh, People are being between laid January, off. Yeah, yeah, horrible layoffs. And between January and May of of 2016, we had almost 200 bankruptcies in the industry. This year, you know, we've had. I think fewer than 20 this year so far, I and mean, we'll probably have a few more. But, but by and large, companies are actually uh, reporting increased profits. Um, you know, they've they're, they've adjusted their business practices. Costs have gone down, um, and and they are now becoming profitable at this price level. Um, whereas two years ago, no one was profitable at $50 oil. Now most companies really are, and. So it, it's, you know, that's just another reason why the industry is in such a, a much healthier position than we were even a year ago. And uh, costs have come up again a little bit this year, you know, fairly significantly, but the companies are getting so much more production out of each well they drill now than they were in 2013 and 2014 that uh, that makes up for it. And so, you know, we just have a different industry. It's transformed. It's It's gone from a an industry that gotten a little fat uh, based on high commodity prices, and now it's become far more efficient and, and uh, you know, ready to, to, to streamline to, to make a profit at these lower price levels. David, we've got about two minutes left in the segment, and, and I want to talk real quick about 
you know, there's more than 150 new natural gas power generating plants that are scheduled to come online between now and 2020. You know, this, along with rising ex- exports of LNG, we've got bullish signs for a stronger natural gas prices and, and production in the coming years. Uh, you know, given that most of these plants are going to be d- displacing the old coal fire plants, uh, does that mean that our air is going to continue to get cleaner and cleaner and the price of uh, LNG is going to keep rising? Yeah, hopefully. I, I, you know, I do think we'll see stronger prices here over the next few years. And and the, the big untold story uh, here in the United States, the media doesn't like to talk about it, but the United States, despite not being in the Kyoto Protocols and the Paris Accords, these cl- big climate agreements, has reduced its emissions, its greenhouse gas emissions, vastly more than any other industrialized country over the last seven years. And the reason why is because natural gas has been replacing coal-fired power plants in power generation. And, you know, with 150 more of, of them happening, it's, it's something like uh, 90,000 megawatts of, of additional natural gas-fired power between now and 2020. Those emissions are going to continue to fall. Right now, we're at 1992 emissions levels here in this country. And, and, and few other countries have reduced their emissions at all. The wonderful story for the whole country, it's all because of natural gas coming out of these shale formations. And unfortunately, the news media doesn't want to talk about it, but I will, and you will. We will. That's what we're here for. That's our job. Well, David, once again this week, it's been an amazing time talking to you. Uh, you know, next week there'll be a lot more announcements. I look forward to having you back on next week where we can talk a little bit more about energy and politics. Thanks, David. Thank you. Well, David, thank you for the energy and politics update. We do have to take a quick break. And when we return, our guest will be Congressman Vicente Gonzalez of the 15th Congressional District here in Texas. And we'll be right back with more of In the Oil Patch Radio Show when we return. Hey, oil and gas friends, Alvin Bailey here. You know, every week, Kim and I work really hard to bring you up to speed with what's going on out here in the Texas oil patch. I also want to take just a minute to talk to you about your fleet needs. Whether you have one truck or 1,000 trucks in your fleet, I can help you. Call me when you have a minute and let's talk trucks. Did you know that the Kalig Auto Group offers pickup and delivery right from our service departments? And I'll bring the dealership right to your desk. You don't need to drop what you're doing and come waste hours and hours of your valuable time haggling over pennies. I have a very transparent process with a simple pricing formula that ensures you're always going to get a very competitive price and the very best service available in the industry. So call me today, area code 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656, and let's talk. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me, abailey at kaligauto.com. That's abailey, B-A-I-L-E-Y, at kalig, K-A-H-L-I-G, auto, A-U-T-O, dot com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Have you heard of the Texas Alliance of Energy Producers, the largest state association in the country? 87 years strong serving independents, and it's right here in Texas. Offices in Houston, Austin, and Wichita Falls. 
Over 3,000 members of all ages like you who are in the oil and gas industry or who have family members and friends who are. Company members range from one employee to large independents. Lobbying, networking events, and saving you money. For a membership tailored just to fit your budget, contact Sandy Simon at sandis at texasalliance.org or call 281-997-7223. That's 281-997-7223. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. Welcome back to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. I'm your host today, Kim Bellotto. Today we have a great guest that we're scheduled to interview. It is Congressman Gonzalez, Vicente Gonzalez. Congressman Gonzalez, welcome to In the Oil Patch Radio Show. Thank you very much for having me. I appreciate the opportunity. Well, I know that things have been pretty busy in Washington, D.C., but you have a very interesting story, one, because you are a freshman, so to speak, uh, in D.C., so we're real interested to get, uh, I'm really interested to get an idea of what you're feeling and seeing and what's the pulse down there, but you also have created uh, a forum, an oil and gas caucus, and so I want to talk to you about that as well. So it's a pretty exciting interview. We're so happy to have you join us first time on In the Oil Patch Radio Show, but let's get started. Congressman Gonzalez, you're with the 15th district here in Texas, so let's talk a little bit about what that district, where is your boundaries? Okay, uh, it's a long district. Uh, district. My northern, uh, most northern point is in Guadalupe County, which I have the airport uh, for uh, New Braunfels, Texas. And then I I move south along uh, the outskirts of Bayer County on the north, uh, eastern and western side of, and and north, eastern and eastern side of Bayer County. I have Guadalupe, uh, I have uh, Seguin, Shirt, Cibolo. I have a stripe of Wilson County. I have all of Carnes, or the very the vast majority of Carnes County, uh, great people in Carnes, and and I have Live Live Oak County, and uh, moving on south, and then I have right above Hidalgo, I have Brooks County, Duval County, and Jim Hogg, uh, and then I encompass about maybe sixty percent of Hidalgo County, which is which uh, borders with Mexico. You are definitely in the thick of the Eagle Fort Shell area. <laughs> so. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm originally from Corpus Christi. I was born and raised in Corpus Christi. So, uh, as you know, Corpus you're familiar is- with all of South Texas, which is a really great thing because you see things directly. Uh, you're not a, a transplant, so to speak. You've directly been there. You understand uh, what happens in South Texas and our struggles in South Texas. So that's a good thing. Uh, but I want to talk a little bit about you now. So you're a new congressman. How did you decide to get into politics? And tell me your early stories, because you're also an attorney. So let's get started. Tell me a little bit about your background. Well, um, I was uh, born in 
and raised in Corpus in the Corpus Christi area. Uh, and as you know, I guess one of the one of the telling stories you know people talk about a lot is I was a high school dropout as a young man and and uh, returned to school and uh, attended Del Mar College in Corpus. This is about thirty something years ago, right about uh, I guess about thirty one years ago, and went to a university on the Naval Air Station in Corpus Christi and and uh, moved on to law school in, in Dallas, Texas. I went to law school, where, which is now Texas A&M School of Law. It was Texas Wesleyan at the time. And uh, uh, graduated in three years and took the bar exam and moved back to South Texas, the place I, you know, the place that I really know and love and, and uh, have practiced law for uh, 20 years, uh, representing mostly business owners and, and just working families around South Texas. I did that for 20 years. And my predecessor announced on 20, uh, November of 2015 that he would not be running. Um, I'm not a career politician. In fact, I had never run before, and it's, it's, it's been a whole new eye-opening experience. And I've been able to bring my experience as a business owner and as an attorney uh, into this new uh, way of life and, and try to do a good job for South Texas and, and our federal legislature. Uh, so I ran, and it was, we, it was there were 11 candidates in total. We I won the, the primary, and then I had a runoff race and, on the Democratic side, and we won that and got to the general this past November. So I was uh, sworn into Congress uh, January 3rd of this year and uh, have spent the last seven months uh, representing the 15th District of Texas in Washington. Well, before we move on into Washington, D.C., I want to back up a little bit because your story is inspiring to me, and it should be you know, to all of us, while you made it seem as though uh, this was a very quick process and... Um, it, oh, there were a lot of bumpy roads along the way. <laughs> I was going to say that. And, and talk about probably a very proud mama um, was probably your mother in seeing that, you know, you really took a challenge on beating the odds of that, you know, when you drop out of school, the chances of anyone returning uh, to school to get a degree is, is there's not a lot it's of people rare. that do that. It's rare. I agree. And it was disappointing, and I guess it was something that I for actually didn't talk about for for years. And eventually, I I, I uh, figured that my story would be helpful to others in the same situation. And I always say, you know, if you never give up and you stay on course, you'll eventually reach your destination. And uh, I sure did. And uh, you know, it, there were some tough times and some depressing times and some you know uh, times that you just have to work through in life. But I always think that there's always an opportunity to get back on track. And uh, as we discussed earlier, I I, uh, I still believe that the American dream is alive and well. Well, I couldn't agree with you more, especially when, you know, recognizing that you not only came back, went and got your GED, but went on and actually pursued law, which isn't the easiest thing to do. And then, of course, you you uh, took the bar and passed and became a successful attorney and then a congressman. I mean, all of these things, um, we need to see more of that. Um, and we certainly, when we do have very special individuals that that really rise to, to, to that level and don't quit and inspire other people that just because a couple of things went wrong in your life early doesn't mean you can't turn them around later on in life are really important and especially inspiring to people that typically tend to fall into 
areas where they didn't have uh, all of the opportunities that say some of the other folks do with, you know, maybe you come from a broken home or maybe you, uh, you know, don't have access to college because you don't have the funds or the family doesn't have the funds. This is a great opportunity for them to look at your story, get inspired and, and anyone can do it. Congressman Gonzalez, we do have to take a quick break. You are listening to in the oil patch radio show and we'll be right back. You know, great companies take great care of their employees. Ensure the well-being of your workforce with Baptist Healthy Solutions, your answer to convenient and affordable health care that comes to you. Our mobile health unit delivers on-site, state-of-the-art, comprehensive care that keeps your employees healthy from the day they're hired till the day they retire. From pre-employment screenings to routine immunizations to on-site injury care and more, trust Baptist Healthy Solutions with your workforce health care needs. Health care that comes to you. Call 866-334-2485. Again, that's 1-866-334-2485. PISA is the Petroleum Equipment and Services Association who is the unified voice for the energy industry service, supply, and manufacturing organizations advocating and supporting continued achievements in job creation, technological innovation, and economic stability. PISA provides corporate membership opportunities in two categories, industry and allied. Over the years, a lot of amazing companies have become members of PISA, but don't take my word for it. Click on the directory on their website and see for yourself. In order to become a member of PISA, all you need to do is go to PESA.org, click on the membership tab, and fill out an application. Once again, that's PESA.org. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us info at shalemag.com or you can call us 210-240-7188 and we're back with congressman gonzalez of the 15th district of texas congressman gonzalez before the break we were talking about your story that led you uh, up to going to washington dc but i want to back up just a little bit and talk a little bit about corpus christi Um, It's a very important strategic partner in oil and gas with the Port of Corpus Christi uh, lining as being probably the superstar as the energy port is starting to unfold. Tell me a little bit about your history. We talked about Del Mar College, but it's so important to talk about all the wonderful things that are happening in Corpus. And and Del Mar College is one of those amazing uh, colleges that really can help you go to the next level. And so talk a little bit about your upbringing over there in Corpus. Absolutely. Uh, Del Mar College gave me the opportunity to put my life back on track. So I'm very appreciative to that school. Uh, That's how I returned to school was was through Del Mar College. I earned a GED I, there actually at Del Mar. And then, and then I uh, started working on an associate's degree and, and I had really good people that, that assisted and helped and nurtured, nurtured me through that process. And, and uh, after I graduated with an associate's degree, things started looking a lot more possible. And I thought, well, if I did this, maybe I can get a bachelor's degree. And uh, re-enrolled at the, on the Naval Air Station in Corpus Christi. They have a university there that uh, that's both military and civilian. And I uh, received my bachelor's uh, in aviation business administration there on the Naval Air Station. And, you know, at that time, I think I was like on top of the world and it felt, you know, everything was possible and things right. had really come together. And, uh, you know, I didn't have a lot of money, neither did my parents, but I borrowed money. I had student loans and grants and had a lot of folks that helped me along the way. I, I worked my way uh, through school. And uh, when I was in law, in, in law school, I uh, worked at the library every day. <laughs> that was my You're showing my hard day. work and perseverance, excuse me. Yeah, I think perseverance is probably, uh, 
it, you know, I, uh, I think that takes you further than having capability sometimes because you can have capability and squander it by not persevering and staying on course. And, and I could say that, you know, that folks a lot smarter than me uh, could have done a lot more and stopped halfway along the way and kind of veered them off track. And so there was uh, one thing that I could give any anyone that I could advise is really just to stay on course. And, you know, the ship may slow down at some point of your life, but eventually you get to that destination. Well, it, I, maybe at some point also when you were getting – used to going back to school and being a part of school, you kind of realized how important that the key to success is really education and, and, and so much to the point that, so you wound up marrying your, your wife is Lorena and she actually is a former school teacher and administrator as well. So education is, is probably very high uh, on the radar in your home, probably with family and children. It, it absolutely is. Yeah. My wife was a, was elementary school principal and a school teacher for 17 years, and and uh, you know I uh, you know she's got my ear when it comes to education, and and it's it's just about learning a trade and a skill to succeed in life, and you don't have to be a, a lawyer or a business owner or an accountant or any other uh, degree profession. You just need to have some kind of of skill that's marketable that can support your family and give you a dignified lifestyle. And I also think, uh, are you still currently looking for South Texas interns as well, or has that stopped? Yes, we are. We're always, uh, this summer I had 10 uh, interns uh, from Texas that spent time in Washington. This is the way I first learned about Washington. In uh, 1994, I was given an opportunity to intern uh, for, I think I was there for two months in, in for a member of Congress. And it opened my eyes uh, to the, the rest of the country and the world from a Capitol Hill point of view. And and I always thought, you know, if I ever could make it back, I certainly would. And the opportunity arose to, to run for Congress. That was certainly one of my dreams. And uh, th- this past uh, year, I was able to achieve that. And I'm very proud and I'm very uh, appreciative to all the folks who helped me throughout my district to achieve my dream. And I work hard for them every day. Well, I would definitely say looking at your whole story, your family, um, and the amazing dedication it took for you to continue to achieve, uh, especially where you are today, um, is is definitely a story, one that we need to tell more. So I didn't want to, I know we're here to talk to you about oil and gas, but I definitely wanted our listeners to understand who you are and how you got there because it is inspiring and you really are helping, I'm sure, a lot of people understand. It isn't over until you say it's over when you're ready to head back to school and make something, you know, go hit Del Mar College or go find your local college and university and get started. It's, it's got to start somewhere, and it's got to start with them. I agree completely. Well, Congressman Gonzalez, we do have to take a quick break. We'll be right back. You are listening to In the Old Patch Radio Show. The vision of the Women's Energy Network is to be the premier organization that educates, attracts, retains, and develops professional women working across the value chain. Also known as WEN, our mission is to develop programs that provide networking opportunities and foster career and leadership development of women who work in the energy industry. Join today by visiting womensenergynetwork.org slash Houston or call 1-855-390-0650. The Women's Energy Network, empowering women in energy. 
And we're back. Our guest today is Congressman Gonzalez of the 15th Congressional District here in Texas. Congressman Gonzalez, before the break, we were talking about you, how you got there. But I want to switch gears just a little bit. And I want to talk about you are a, uh, a newbie, a freshman there at D.C., Washington, D.C., um, newly elected, just took over uh, at the beginning of the year. And so I want to talk a little bit about what do you see happening in D.C. that really impacts South Texas and Texas as a whole? And what is your whole feeling? Are we getting anything really done in Washington, D.C. that we can say good things are coming out of it? Or, um, you know, how, how are these things going to work in South Texas as far as with uh, some of the things that are up on the table oil and gas, of course, EPA, NAFTA, and, and a lot of others I'm sure that you're having to address. So tell me a little bit about your biggest uh, either concerns or things that are happening that are going to be awesome for South Texas. Well, let me tell you just in general how things are working or actually not working in, on Capitol Hill that were some of the most frustrating issues for me as a new member of Congress. And that is the partisan politics that continues to go on on both sides of the aisle. And I think that needs to stop. I think uh, we should be able to sit with folks who have different opinions and ideas and at least have a candid conversation instead of shouting at each other across the House floor. And that was something that probably was the most shocking to me because when I arrived as a freshman member, there was 56 of us. We, uh, they housed us in, a, in the same hotel. And they, we were in orientation together for two weeks, and nobody really thought about parties. I hung out with the friends who I consider friends on both sides of the aisle without ever questioning uh, certainly their loyalty to this country, but their points of views from whatever party they sat in. And I think that uh, this country has lost that, where we uh, where we communicated to each other and we try to find common ground for the American people to move our country forward. And um, I think the partisan politics is probably is one of the most frustrating issues that I have to deal with every day on Washington. Now, I, I joined a group called the No Labels or Problem Solvers Caucus. A lot of people haven't heard of them, but there are 44 members, and there's 22 Democrats and 22 Republicans. And we get together, and we leave our party at the door, and we get together every week, and we talk about issues where we can find common ground and issues that make sense to one side or the other. Uh, and we try to vote together on, on that, and, and we continue to try to grow this caucus because – I believe that this is what the American people really want, is for us to go up there and try to work together and get things done for the country. And um, that has been probably the most discourage, discouraging and frustrating uh, experience is, is uh, once, once uh, our orientation was over, everybody seemed to go into their own beehive and almost never talk to each other again. And uh, at least here are 44 members of Congress who get together weekly and try to discuss issues that we can all work on. And we continue to hope to grow our caucus to where this could be really mainstream America and uh, work on common sense issues that help, help our country and our economy. Well, you know, Congressman Gonzalez, I'm very happy to hear that maybe it is from the leadership that we are electing from the outside that are not career elected officials that there might be a possible way of changing DC, because you are tapping into the truth that Americans are tired of nothing getting done. And it almost appears as though it's the entrenched elected officials that the moment that the freshmen come out of training, it's if you want to go anywhere in the party, you have to vote along party lines. And that doesn't help anybody. And a lot of a lot of it is they've been there so long, they don't hear 
uh, their constituents anymore. And you guys that are young, really probably are new to D.C., probably are the future of D.C., so we hope. And uh, hopefully you do hear some of the frustration from both sides, because at the end of the day, we all live in cities where we have Republicans and Democrats, uh, people that are on assistance and people who uh, make, you know, six figures or, or more. And we find a way to all get along. And yet it seems like when we go to D.C., where we see D.C., they can't seem to get along and there's no compromise and there's no discussion. That's exactly right. And that's an issue. That's a problem uh, for both sides of the aisle. And I do agree that it could be from some party leadership on both sides that have been entrenched there for so long that, you know, they've just become either side has become the party of no to the other side. And I always try to tell my colleagues, you know, we don't necessarily have a, a monopoly on intellect. And sometimes the other side does have a good idea. And when they do, we should all support it as Americans. And uh, we try to, to uh, kind of have that common sense conversation in this group of 44 members uh, when we get together. And we just wish that you know, if we had, if our group could grow to 218, we can pass a lot of common sense uh, ideas and legislation through the, through through the House. And right now, what you've seen this entire year is a lot of bills get through the House and then they get parked in the Senate. And you see this, you saw this on the Choice Act on health care and and other bills that have come through. And then really, it's it seems to be a monumental waste of time uh, when we probably should be able to lock ourselves up in a conference room go over the bill and walk out where both sides uh, agree on something and something that works. And it needs to be a negotiation because, uh, as we've seen recently, even the majority doesn't have the majority. There are divisions on both sides, on both parties. You know, when I vote on oil and gas or vote on trade or vote on my Second Amendment rights, I get a lot of pushback from my own party. But I, uh, I tell leadership and I tell them when I came here, uh, that I first I vote for my district and I vote for my state and then I'll vote, you know, on party lines. But um, I think that's what separated some of the newer members to some of the traditional folks who have been there forever and just vote straight ticket party lines on issues. Makes sense. Now, one of the things quickly I want to get to, I mean, we may not be able to, we might have to pick it up after break, but you are sitting in a hotbed of uh, NAFTA uh, renegotiations and all these, uh, you know, different areas that you're having to look at. I know that there's a couple of uh, elected officials that are very involved from D.C. on the NAFTA agreement. Uh, I'm going to have to take a quick break, uh, but when we return, we'll cover NAFTA. You are listening to End the Old Patch Radio Show, and we'll be right back. Farmers and ranchers are the hardest working people on earth and deserve a side-by-side vehicle that works just as hard. That's why Yamaha makes the Viking an all-new Viking 6, the world's first true three and six person UTVs assembled in America. Ranked number one in drivetrain durability, Viking outworks and outclasses the competition in features, comfort, and off-road capability. For more, visit YamahaViking.com. Most dependable claim based on a 2013 Yamaha source side-by-side owner study. The Kalig Auto Group has Ford and Ram trucks for your heavy-duty needs. We also carry Mazda, Subaru, Volkswagen, Jeep, even Lincoln and Lexus for your luxury needs, and we have an Audi store coming soon. So whether you need work trucks for your day-to-day business or a new Lincoln or Lexus for you personally, call me. My cell number is 830-480-3656. Again, 830-480-3656. Or you can always email me. A Bailey at Kalig Auto.com. That's A Bailey, B A I L E Y, at Kalig, 
K-A-H-L-I-G-Auto-A-U-T-O.com. I look forward to seeing you down the road. Teak is the Texas Energy Advocate Coalition, and we hold free business mixers to help businesses grow and network. Well, I want to join. Where do I go? You go to shellmag.com slash teak, T-E-A-C, and click the join link. Enter your information, and we'll get you set up. So let me write this down. That's S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G dot com slash T-E-A-C. Yes. Well, that sounds good. I'll see you at the next mixer. Shale Oil & Gas Business Magazine is the one-stop shop that'll keep you in front of the customers that you need to grow your business. So let's start growing your business in Texas. Email us, info at shalemag.com. Oilfield Experts is the only place you need to go to locate any part, any time for your automotive or oilfield equipment needs. Specializing in hard-to-find oil-filled parts for your fleet maintenance needs, oil-filled experts have been providing parts and accessories to keep your tools turning since 1965. From the auto repair shop to the pump jack, call us to get the right part right now. Here's the number, so write it down. Oil-filled experts, 210-471-1923. Again, that's 210-471-1923. And we're back. Our guest today in the Oil Patch Radio Show is Congressman Gonzalez. Uh, before the break, Congressman Gonzalez, we were talking about NAFTA. We're, I want to get into that because obviously this is something that is uh, very public and very important to Texas. So where are we with the NAFTA agreement and the renegotiations? Well, I think we're going to certainly there's going to be some renegotiation to the agreement. Um, it's a 23-year-old agreement. I think it's been a really good deal for for all three countries involved. I think it's been a great deal for Texas. In fact, we've benefited uh, in terms of job growth and economy growth uh, off the NAFTA, uh, NAFTA agreement more than any other state in the country. And uh, is it in line to renegotiate? I think maybe it is. I mean, we, we didn't have the internet the way we did now in 23 years ago. And there's a lot of e-commerce. Uh, we're, we're, there's a flow of goods uh, crossing borders a lot faster and uh, then we did then we had 23 years ago and we need to find ways that are efficient and that are fair we want to make sure that uh, our labor force here isn't impacted in, a, in an undesirable way so this is an opportunity to uh, renegotiate and make sure that it's a fair agreement for for our country and for our state and and that it's something that we can uh, work through with our friends and neighbors both to the north and the south of the United States. Well, I think that's kind of important to point out is that I think that we all recognize that NAFTA is important, but as you pointed out, it has also been in existence for a very long time. And with anything, no one, uh, you know, buys auto insurance and doesn't check on the rates every once in a while and try to renegotiate. (laughs) So this is probably long overdue and probably uh, will end up working better for everyone. I want to change gears and talk a little bit about something that you have created. Uh, You are behind creating uh, the Oil and Gas Caucus, correct? That is correct. I created it because I thought it was important for uh, members on both sides of the aisle, again, to be involved in the conversation and I can tell you that, um, especially for you know folks from South Texas, such as myself, and uh, the oil and gas industry is very important. Whether you're in business, whether you're a producer, whether you own leases, or whether uh, you work out on the oil patches, oil and gas is super important in our economy. And um, a lot of people, uh, especially 
other Democrats will be shocked on how, when I vote on my oil and gas issues, and I tell them this is what creates jobs for our district. And uh, I have uh, friends that are making $30,000 a year right now that were making six figures five or six or seven years ago. And I would love to see those times come, and I think that we should nurture uh, that sector back to health and uh, hopefully you know, prices stabilize in a position both on oil and gas that would that would nurture the economy uh, back up, and we have uh, full employment again, and and uh, you know our our areas in South Texas flourish because of it. And I thought that it was important that the caucus existed. Uh, I had members, especially in my party, thought I was crazy. Well, I have uh, within a month, I have 20 uh, Democratic members who have signed on to participate in oil and gas caucus, and these are all friends of the industry who will be there to assure that uh, our oil and gas industry or energy industry across the board is treated fairly. Um, and it's also a very important uh, industry within NAFTA. We, we still bring a lot of crude from, from Mexico, and I think we'll be bringing natural gas here in the near future, and uh, we refine it and we sell it back to Mexico. You know, Congressman Gonzalez, though, I think it's important to recognize that with especially Texas, you know, when when oil and gas is not doing well, we are not doing as well as a state. That's exactly right. If you take advantage of the school system, if you have law enforcement in your family or firemen, um, health services, elderly programs, everything is 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 in, in ways interconnected into the state's economy and can be affected if oil and gas is not doing well here in the state. And so a lot of times we don't recognize that social services and programs really do help from the oil and gas that trickles down into everybody's communities. And and that's kind of important that we understand how important oil and gas is to Texas as a resource. And so, you know, it isn't to me, it's, you know, rather you uh, support oil and gas or you don't or you have a career in it. It affects us all at the end of the day. It really does. It really does. Uh, it affects real estate prices. It affects the uh, private sector it, across the board. You know, little hotels and mo- motels that stay occupied and restaurants that stay full and stores that continue to sell products and all these industries that, that employ uh, folks in my district as a result of a thriving oil and gas industry. And um, I think we should recognize that. We shouldn't turn a blind eye to it and see it for what it is and, and, and own it. And I certainly have. Um, so I uh, try to stay close to the industry, try to try to vote uh, against some abusive uh, proposals that I see in Washington uh, with the EPA or with uh, certain regulations that just go too far. Right. And so how many people are, are right now do you currently have as uh, members of the caucus? I have 20 uh, Democrats. Uh, and since this is a new caucus, especially new to the to the Democratic caucus, I'm trying to sign up as many uh, Democrats uh, to it, and then I tend to go across the aisle and get my friends and colleagues across the aisle who are usually have had a, even a better relationship, I believe, with the oil and gas community in Texas and, and across the country. Well, you know, I, I believe that a lot of times when we get new elected officials, uh, that's the importance of having new leadership and turning over maybe in terms. I'm not, you know, having election terms 
per se, and I'm not trying to get into the politics of it, but it's important to see you're demonstrating that you're a visionary and that you see things from a, a different perspective, fresh eyes, if you will, and you're bringing great ideas, which is really what we need down there in Washington, D.C. Congressman Gonzalez, thank you for being a guest today on in the Oil Patch Radio Show, and we look forward to having you back here to talk a little bit about the no labels and give us updates regularly on your oil and gas caucus. Thank you for joining us today. It's a real pleasure. Thank you. Thanks once again, Congressman Gonzalez, for being a guest on today's show. And congratulations, because you're going to be the topic of today's trivia question. Hey, be the first person to email the correct answer to this trivia question to radio at shellmag.com. Again, that's radio at shale, S-H-A-L-E-M-A-G.com. And you will win yourself a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao, an amazing Brazilian steakhouse. Today's trivia question is, what is Congressman Gonzalez's district? Remember to be the first to email the correct answer to radio at shellmag.com and you will win a $100 gift certificate to Fogo de Chao Brazilian Steakhouse. Well, that's all the time we have for this show. Be sure to like us on Facebook. That's facebook.com slash in the oil patch radio show or follow us on Twitter at shellmag. That's going to wrap up another great show. We look forward to seeing you next week with more exciting news and insightful interviews. Adios. In the Oil Patch is where together we learn and explore topics that affect us all in oil and gas, business, and in your community. Every week, our host, Kim Bellotto, along with me, Alvin Bailey, will visit with the movers and shakers in this fast-paced industry. You'll hear from industry experts, elected officials, and many more right here on In the Oil Patch.